Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Damo, your WWE correspondent for Trackstar Sports, here to give you the latest update on the WWE. As most of you know, this past Sunday, there was the big uh, pay-per-view, SummerSlam, the biggest event of the summer. That ended with the big main event for the WWE Universal title, the Fatal 4-Way Match. The champ, Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns, and Samoa Joe. Now, Brock Lesnar had given a stipulation on that match that if he lost the title Sunday, that he and Paul Heyman were going to leave the WWE for good. Well, that's not going to happen because Brock Lesnar retained his title on Sunday. So now, the big announcement, Brock's next big title defense. His next big title defense will take place on September the 24th at WWE No Mercy against who? None other than the monster among men, Braun Strowman. Finally get to see them one-on-one. Brock versus Braun. That's how I'm selling it. Brock versus Braun. The Beast versus the monster. They're going to go at it one-on-one for the universal title. That's going to be an epic match it's going to be really big i can't wait to see it um we've gotten glimpses of it in the uh interactions on raw uh even a little bit in the uh, fatal four-way match on sunday uh but never really seeing those two go at it one-on-one so now we'll finally get to see brock and braun in the ring one-on-one for the title now if you ask me at the end of the day my money's on brock lesnar even though I'm not betting, <laughs> but my money's on Brock Lesnar that he'll pull out this uh, title. Now, despite the fact uh, in any physical altercations that we've seen so far, Braun Strowman has manhandled Brock Lesnar like a ragdoll, which is crazy because it's not like Brock is some little wimpy guy, but Braun Strowman is bigger, stronger, and he's been throwing Brock around like he's nothing. But at the end of the day, I think Brock still has a little something in the tank for Braun Strowman. I think he'll take down the monster at no mercy and keep his title. Uh, That's just where I am with it at the end of the day. I I do think Braun, of course, Braun is going to definitely be a challenge. Uh, This isn't going to be an easy match for uh, Brock Lesnar at all. Um, so far, the Fatal 4-Way match this Sunday has been Brock's biggest challenge for the title. Um, but I think this match with Braun Strowman is definitely going to be his biggest individual challenge. He hasn't faced anybody like Braun Strowman so far in his title reign. In any of his title reigns uh, so far, uh, he hasn't faced anybody like Braun Strowman. So I think this is going to be a really big match. I'm looking forward to seeing the build-up over the next uh, several weeks leading up to uh, No Mercy. Um, yeah, it's just, there's going to be, just off that match alone, I'm hyped for that pay-per-view. I mean, SummerSlam was great. It was stacked with great matches from beginning to end, four hours strong of solid matches. I don't expect No Mercy to be that good, but just off that match alone, um, it, it sells it by itself, uh, Brock versus Braun. Again, that's how I'm telling it, Brock versus Braun for the Universal title. Uh, that's going to be great. So that's my latest update for the WWE. Uh, look forward to hearing more from myself um, with updates from Monday Night Raw, with highlights from that. Uh, 
You also hear from my homie Sam Blackwell about highlights from SmackDown and all things wrestling. So that includes Ring of Honor and all that stuff. And make sure you follow us on social media at Debate Fuel on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, where we talk all things sports. You want to talk about it, just bring it to the Debate Fuel page. And also keep your, your ears here on Anchor and give us a call. Call in, give us your comments and your thoughts on on the matches, on anything sports. We'd like to hear from you. This is your boy, Damo. I'm signing off. Peace. You only subtweeting. I left my cell email and my address in Cleveland. I sent two letters to Dan Gilbert. You must not have got them. He probably fell off the side of the flat earth or something. Sometimes trade requests get too sloppy once they're public. <laughs> up man how's our teammates i just wanted to be the man and a chance to lead if i win an mvp guess who i'ma call i'ma call kobe i read about Derek rose too i'm sorry he signed for the vet man because every team didn't want him i know you probably hear this every day but i'm your best teammate i even hit the shot if you made the block on andre i got a room full of our posters and our fat heads man i like the ship we won in 62 that ship was fat anyways i hope you get this man hit me back just to chat truly yours your best teammate, this is Kyrie.
Cause you ain't me Derrick Rose and IT That back coach has got me Kevin Love and Double T J.R. and Jeffrey And you know they call me K.I. To the N.G. You be hating and I see why We're better low-key It's about time I put an end To this sucker copy Tell me who's the biggest fake Is it him or K.D.? Couldn't even get the Cavaliers To the A.C. When you land for your losses It's 215 I guarantee the Cavaliers Got the whole East shook tonight And we finally traded that Kevin Ollie looking like on the phone with D-Wade, brother, what it's looking like? Buying out my contract. So the future's looking bright. You were cool till you asked to be number one. Little boy, you've been a fan. Mess around and you're your son. This is only the beginning, homie, so you better run. Cause I dropped the poster prize. What about Malcolm Brown done? Ha, know you remember Hey, this is Rickson Say with Trackstar Sports, co-host of Debate Few, along with Derek Myers and DJ Jeremiah. Today, I just want to kind of come from a different angle when we're addressing the Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather fight. So, you heard me talk to you before about pure boxing skills. And if this is a match of just pure boxing skills, I mean, there's no outside involvement, then I believe that... You know, this should be a wash for Floyd Mayweather. And you've heard me say that um, emphatically, right? And say that with, with conviction. However, there's this thing called the God Factor. And, and the God Factor really looks like this, right? You know God, right? He doesn't really um, appreciate the whole prideful thing, the, um, you know what I mean, the ego and man. He doesn't really like that, right? And, and, and because he doesn't, he humbles men. He'll humble men in a very public, in a very open situation, right? Um, you've seen this done recently in the MMA with the female um, fighter who was kind of ruling the whole entire world. She's been humbled twice, right? And so as you look at it now, you have a fighter who fashions himself as the greatest. He's unbelievable. He's unstoppable. Um, he's Floyd Money Mayweather, right? And and he doesn't really, really show a lot of humility at all. Your great champions haven't been super humble men anyway, right? Just the, the ego in boxing has been, you know, phenomenal. Think about it. I can beat up every man in the world. You know what I mean? That's what that means. Like, if I'm the heavyweight champion of the world or the lightweight champion, middleweight champion, that means anybody in this weight class, if we throw hands, you gonna lose. 
and that's kind of what, what that means. So I'm the best fighter in the whole entire world. So I understand the the, the vibrato that comes with that. I, I, and I say vibrato, but I understand the braggadocious nature of that sport. I get it, right? What if God decides to humble Floyd Money Mayweather in front of us all this Saturday? And if he chooses to humble him in front of us all this Saturday... It will be the most epic humbling of any individual ever. And why am I saying that? Because if Floyd Mayweather gets knocked out, or if he loses to Conor McGregor this Saturday, we will most likely forget 49 other fights. And Floyd Money Mayweather will always be remembered for the one fight that he lost. Oh, when we talk about it in history, when we go back, exhibition or not exhibition, we're going to say, dang, you remember how he lost that fight? We won't remember that he's 40. We won't remember any of that. And we won't care. All we're going to care about is the fact that Floyd Mayweather lost to Conor McGregor. You think Conor's ever going to stop talking about it? Not never. Not never. You think MMA fighters all around the world won't say, Hey, we stepped in your ring the first time and beat your champ. Like, who are you guys? You think anybody's going to forget that night? No. Nobody living and watching will forget that night. Won't forget the night when Conor McGregor stepped in the ring and beat an undefeated boxing champion at boxing. So think about this. There's a lot to lose. Absolutely. Right? But this is a great opportunity for Floyd Mayweather to get humbled. And most of you people out there are hoping that that's the situation. You want that. You want Floyd Money Mayweather humbled. Similar to all the people who wanted Muhammad Ali humbled, right? You want Floyd Money Mayweather humbled. And God may deliver this Saturday. He may bring him back down to earth, below the earth. Because I don't care how many fights you won before, right? This is the one that counts. This is the one we'll remember. This is Rickson Sid with Trackstar Sports, man. Signing out. What's good, everybody? This is Jordan Morris, your correspondent for Fantasy Basketball. And today, we're going to talk about how the Cleveland Cavaliers and Boston Celtics trade affects fantasy basketball, and particularly the trade between Kyrie Irving and Isaiah Thomas. Now, Jay Crowder obviously affects some things for the Cleveland Cavaliers, but... For the most part, these are the main people that we're going to talk about. So, as you know, Kyrie's on the Celtics now, and Isaiah Thomas is going to be in Cleveland. Now, I believe that this opens up Kyrie a lot in the Celtics organization. Mainly because he is going to be at least... I think he, I think he could be first fiddle, honestly. Like, I know people are going to think maybe Gordon Hayward could be that, but... I think with how ball-dominant Kyrie is, that I think he can control the pace of the Celtics offense, and that having Brad Stevens as a coach is really going to help um, diversify how he handles the game throughout all the quarters. Um, So I think assists may go up. I think that um, scoring efficiency will go up definitely because of the fact that 
the Celtics offense is just like it's free flowing in a way that it's like if you can score like you're going to score relatively efficiently um now on the other side there's the Cleveland Cavaliers with Isaiah Thomas and I believe that um not just due to the trade but due to him getting a little bit older he's still in his prime area he's 28 um but just I think the new area and how Cleveland kind of runs I think he'll um he'll regress a little bit and that he will not necessarily he's not worth a top 10 pick in my opinion he's not worth a top 15 pick maybe just because I know how um he likes to play and that um LeBron James is going to have to shoot a lot more and is going to be asked and required to perform better than what he has in past years even though he's performed at an exceptional level for so many years um so I believe that you know LeBron's always going to be a top 5 10 pick like that's just a given that's just what's going to happen but I think Isaiah Thomas is somebody that you kind of keep an eye on see see how far you can go before drafting him see like how many picks it takes um and then with Kyrie I think that's um I think that's another top 10 15 pick thing too just because you know with so many uh teams with like two big big stars scores and things it's kind of hard to uh pinpoint which one you actually want on a team and which one's going to serve the most value for your team because in fantasy it's more about um even value and not just names names do not matter in fantasy basketball what matters is the amount of rebounds points and everything it's like if they get 20 points a game but they get like no assists no rebounds like that's not going to serve you a winning formula during your fantasy basketball league season so I recommend that honestly if we're gonna choose Kyrie or Isaiah Thomas you choose Kyrie you have to choose Kyrie just because of the fact that he's going into an offense where there's no clear leader I mean there's Gordon Hayward there's Al Horford but Kyrie Irving is on that level so he's going to be given just the same amount of responsibility as everybody else he's going to be given the same or more amount of shots and he controls where the ball goes for the most part so I think Kyrie over Isaiah Thomas mainly because also there's the bench factor in Cleveland that now that they have Jay Crowder there that Jay Crowder will serve more minutes as if let's say they want to run LeBron is point they don't have to play Isaiah Thomas as many minutes so uh yeah that's all I got for y'all uh I know fantasy basketball is kind of far away but this is just something I wanted to pick up on real quick um let you know I'm thinking about it um and that you should go ahead and start doing your research because fantasy basketball is going to come up quicker than what you think so uh, yeah that's it this is Jordan Morris go ahead and follow debate fuel at debate fuel on everything and uh yeah have a good day. McMenamin with us on Sports of the Cavaliers are his beat, and it has been a busy workday. Uh, Dave, the Cavs satisfy Irving's trade request. If I'm a Cavs fan, should I be satisfied with what came back to me? And still, can I own the Eastern Conference? I, I think satisfaction is 
attainable if the Cavs find out for sure that Isaiah Thomas's hip is healthy. The only way the Cavs can come out really feeling good about this deal is if they get a guy they can plug into that starting lineup and try to replicate the point production that Kyrie Irving did. Kyrie averaged almost 30 points per game in the NBA Finals. Uh, and, and that's right around the number that, that mm-hmm. Isaiah Thomas put up last year in his best season as a pro. Uh, but because of his stature, his height, of course, we know he's, he's one of the you know, mighty mites in the mm-hmm. league. If he doesn't have that explosiveness, it's going to be a hard time him being as affected as he's been. So before Cavs fans can really judge it, uh, they got to wait to see how IT looks and, and how his body responds to this hip rehabilitation. LeBron is an angle in all things Cavaliers. So right away, we look to the offseason. But you know, there's certainly, what do you see as the impact there in the way he starts to filter things for his decision? Well, the Cavs front office, Kobe Altman, his first major task as taking over as GM after David Griffin and the team parted ways, uh, he accomplished two things. He got something back in the short term, and that's Isaiah Thomas and, and Jay Crowder, uh, who could potentially help them get back to a fourth NBA Finals, and he helped the team in the long term. And that unprotected number one pick mm-hmm. from Brooklyn, that's a major, major asset. And say the Nets stink next year, and say that ends up as the number one pick, that could not only protect the Cavs should LeBron leave, but potentially be something that the Cavs show to LeBron and say, here's a reason to stay. We're going to get a guy like Marvin Bagley. We're going to get Michael Porter. Uh, Some of the top-tier guys who are out there, if LeBron would be so enamored by them, perhaps that would be a reason for him to want to stay versus going out perhaps to L.A. where, you know, all the talks about him playing with young guys like Brandon Ingram or Lonzo Ball at the Lakers. Uh, maybe that, that pick from, from Brooklyn could be the game-changer in terms of keeping LeBron in a Cavs uniform. Dave McMenamin, you have a month until training camp. Are you ready? Not yet, but I'll get there. All right. Get in your sprints. Thanks, Dave. It presented itself. It wasn't available earlier in the summer, this this same opportunity. And um, these are very difficult decisions, as you can imagine. It is a high price tag. It is a a great value that we're giving up. Um, we, we love Isaiah and love Jay Crowder and giving up a quality first-round pick, but, you know, acquiring a, a 25-year-old perennial all-star, um, a player that, you know, fits a, a timeline for us and is a, is a fantastic offensive player, is one of the best offensive players in the league. They, you have to pay a heavy price. We love the guys that were here, and we didn't really want to give up any of those pieces to make this deal work, but we're excited to have Kyrie. Mr. Sincere is your man, the voice calling regarding the God factor in the money fight. Personally, when it comes to sports, I don't think God really cares much one way or the other. Um, That's just my personal opinion. I just don't think he gets involved in actual the actual outcome of sporting events. That's me. However, in regards to your statements with Floyd and pride and things of that nature. I've got a little different take on that. Um, When he was put in prison, that should have humbled him. That should have caused pride to 
Wayne doesn't really seem like that happened. Also, when it comes to him and fighting, he's always very complimentary to the fighter after the fight. I think it's just a uh, game, really. What up? It's your boy Will Smith with Track Stars Sports. I'm your correspondent for the Kansas City Football Chiefs. Arrowhead, uh, Chiefs Nation, stand up. Ooh, 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 ooh. Gia. So our boys had their second preseason game. They looked good. They looked good. Alex Smith looked good on point. He threw a nice on-target pass, about 36 yards to Travis Kelsey. That was a beauty. It was so perfect and on point. And it's like, man, why you wait till now to try to step your game up? But I guess that's what happened when competition comes into play. You kind of step up a little bit. But um, what I want to talk about today, though, is that, that, that one question. What would the Chiefs do without Tyreek Hill? Like, who would step up? Because he is so much of um, the, the offense. Um, and not to say that they don't have other players like a Travis Kelsey and a Spencer Ware. But uh, Chris Conley's not really taking the top off the defense. He has some speed. He's fast. But Tyreek Hill is a special kind of player. And this is a question you even pose for like, you know, if, if you get Tyreek Hill in your fantasy, who's going to step up? <laughs> Who are you going to put in place of Tyreek Hill? Because the brother can score in so many different ways. He's such a lethal weapon. And when I watched him last year, the brother was uh, fast on another level. Um, I would see cats take the right angle of pursuit to tackle Tyreek Hill. And he would run right around them like they just couldn't catch up to him. And it was ridiculous. I had that happen to me when I was playing flag football at the age of 33 and a half, almost 34 years old. And when that happened to me, when I had the, the angle of pursuit and and uh, I, I didn't grab the flag, the guy just ran around me. I knew it was time for me to stop playing. I'm like, oh, I have lost the step. I cannot play the same way that I used to play. I am slower now. I'm not the fast guy anymore. But anyway. <laughs> talking about Tyreek Hill like who would step up like and I don't think any one guy would would step up to take Tyreek Hill's place I think it would have to be a um a a multiple amount of guys or a couple of guys or maybe or three guys a couple of three but I'm thinking about two guys that could possibly step up and one guy um another tight end not Travis Kelsey but Demetrius Harris he showed up this second preseason game, and this brother was catching some hard balls and some, you know what I'm saying? He, he he made some some nice catches. But last year, this brother uh dropped about he had the highest percentage of drop passes in the NFL last year. And it was times where it looked like he would clap his hands right before the ball got there. And that's how he, you know, he dropped it. It's like the brother would clap his hands like too soon to try to catch the ball. Like, what you clapping for, brother? What you clapping for, Demetrius? It was like he had Edward Scissors hands with blunt scissors, and he just couldn't catch it. And that's funny to me. But anyway, <laughs> anyway though, I'm glad he's getting better because he has potential, and that's what they've been waiting on. He's been like a project the Chiefs have been waiting on. He he played uh, college basketball. He hadn't played football since I believe high school, 
And so he played college basketball, and you know how everyone's trying to find that player, that Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates mode of guys that play basketball um, versus football or played um, both sports because they had that post-up ability, and you kind of post up when you play tight end in the NFL. So I'm thinking about him, Demetrius Harris, and then also Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is looking good. The running back that they drafted out of Toledo, I believe, in the third round. This guy, I believe, is going to be a sleeper. Also, in fantasy, will probably be a sleeper. So, I'm looking at Kareem Hunt and Demetrius Harris. Now, we hope, we hope that Tyree Hill does not get hurt. That would be horrible. Because <laughs> this offense would definitely take a step back. So, we hope that Tyree Hill stays healthy the whole season. But if something were to happen, who would step up? Feel free to call in, fellas. Let me know who you think would step up. Follow us again at Trackstar Sports. And this is Will Smith again, um, your correspondent for the Kansas City Football Chiefs. Love you guys and have a great day.